Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Matter, we will shine light on a hot and relevant topic that means something to us, and we are sure will mean something to all of you. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Morning. Morning. Can you hear me? You can't. I can't. I, I, I hope that you all can hear hear me. Ooh, that gator, that gator's doing wonders for you because mine I'm having a little trouble. Because well, maybe it's for it's a youth size. And I am also in a youth size, which is why it's doing wonders for me. Um, Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Catherine. Yes, welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. We decided that today, because we were going to be talking about masks with our lovely guest, um, that we are going to put them on to show mine and Marissa's are examples of masks that this lovely guest made for our booster club, Our Town. And, and I, I have the gator too, but my son is wearing it right now at school because he is there today. Um, so welcome, Catherine. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to have you introduce yourself to our audience in just a minute. But just for just for the beginning, which I was I'm hoping Maris, our coordinator for that does all our social media, captured this amazing image. Maris, you can text me and tell me that it's OK to take this off. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Matt is going to say it's good. We got we got a good image. Okay, so I'm going to take mine off. We're going to have our lovely guest introduce herself to us this morning, um, and we're so excited to have her here today because this episode um, is part of our "What's the Matter" series. We think that you know having a conversation about the matter of wearing masks um, is obviously extremely relevant right now, and would love to hear from you, Catherine, a little bit who you are. Um, and then we'll talk about kind of how you pivoted into making these beautiful masks that we were just wearing. Oh, great. Well, who I am, that's, a, lo- that's a loaded question. Um, yes. I, my name is Catherine McDonald and I live in Charleston, South Carolina. And I got hooked up with these lovely ladies from um, one of their friends who is uh, the cousin of one of my best friends here. So it was one of those small world universe kind of connections. My one favorite kind. It is the best kind in the world. So I am um, a mother of two boys and I've been running my own businesses now for almost 20 years. So I guess I'm kind of a serial entrepreneurial entrepreneur. And um, yeah, so just Southern girl that uh, is trying to make it in this world these days. So, right. Um, we're, we're the same, except not Southern. Um, so tell us quickly, Catherine, if you don't mind for your, for our audience that your other brands and kind of a little bit about your three brands that you run or have run over the last couple of years. Well, my original brand is called Lula Kate. And I started that in 2003, almost, gosh, almost 20 years ago, which is crazy. And originally it was skirts and dresses and belts and makeup bags and whatnot. Um, out of fun prints, you know, 
bright and colorful coastal. And one thing led to another. And as my life was changing, a number of my friends were starting to get married. And so they were asking me to do bridesmaids dresses. And um, so then I started doing bridesmaids dresses under Lula Kate. And then people were asking me to do wedding dresses. And so then I started doing wedding dresses and spun off a different company called Kate McDonald. And that is all bridal gowns now. And then uh, when the pandemic started, I had a good friend who encouraged me to do masks. And at first I kind of chuckled and laughed and was like, I design wedding dresses. I'm not going to design face masks. Um, But then one thing led to another and I started doing face masks and really focused and targeted schools and more of a corporate or custom logoed kind of face mask and not just your average, um, you know, fashion mask kind of thing. So yes, so now uh, three companies, uh, two kids, two dogs. Um, Yeah, a little crazy of a life. I, I, first of all, I need to say several things because it's so hard for me to be quiet while I'm listening to all that. So one thing is before I even comment, we need to put our mask back on because we missed that picture. So I'm going to do really quickly. Okay. We're going to put it back on. This is how we started. We wanted Maris to get a good photo of us talking with the masks on, which obviously you can see that mine and Marissa's are Kids I creations. I don't think Catherine's wearing her own creation, is she? Are you? No, yes, this is one of mine. It's um actually a good friend of mine designed this print. So this, I have a number of prints. Oh, that's fun. That a personal related. A personalized tribute. Uh, I'm gonna okay, so we're doing it again for social media. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Hopefully, she's seeing it now. Um, I have it in case it. we're about, we might be um maybe we are delayed, delayed and she can't hear us. So, okay, now we can take it down. Now, okay. so what I, wanted, what I wanted to say most importantly, before we even unpack your history and talk about what's the matter, I, I want to say as somebody that has run a fashion staffing firm and worked in fashion and beauty for my career uh, prior to, to, to working in fashion staffing, I think it's incredibly, incredibly empowering and fascinating to have a woman here who sits and lives and raised her family in Charleston, South Carolina, which, by the way, is on my list, and I'd like to get there soon. Am I allowed? I don't know. Side note. Visit. You're allowed. We're in South Carolina. Everything is allowed here. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know if I'm allowed back. Um, that that so, might be the problem. That, that's the problem. <laughs> no big deal. I'm not there forever. Um, so when I think about how the fashion world, whether we like to admit it or not, sure, there's LA, sure, there's Chicago, sure, there's Atlanta, sure, there's Dallas. The fashion world is New York City focused in America. So for you to have a successful, not only one brand, but two brands with uh, how many in a a non-pandemic time, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, how many people work with you? Um, It's it's changed over the years. Like it's so at a high time, it was uh, I had a staff, a team of nine, I think. And then um, we're we have about four or five right now. So, but you're mm-hmm. still, you're a small, lean business with a huge social small. media yeah. fo- following. You're doing your product development and your design probably in-house because mm-hmm. you're an atelier. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you have that ability to make impact in a fashion world without having connection to Manhattan, which I think is extremely in, in, important to, to call out pre-pandemic, but exceptionally important to call out post or we're not post, but during and or whatever this is. So I I think it's awesome. And I think for our listeners that have wanted to have uh, their, their, their 
career in fashion and always felt intimidated by that New York City address, which, by the way, is a seven part miniseries podcast waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you speak volumes to someone out there that's done it right. Um, and originally, uh, not to age ourselves, but when I first saw your name and I did your research, I realized that you started when I would have been looking um, for bridesmaids, dresses, et cetera. So I recognized the names because um, you're in business. What, how many years did you say? It 2003. Yeah, this past summer, 17. Right. So, and I'm so married. It was like a, a yeah. little bit before your, your, well, I'm married 14 years, which means I would have been looking at 15 years ago. Right. Um, at cool and, and very me, anyone that knows me up and coming, not the main places. I didn't want to buy something that everyone else had seen. Cause that's always been my way. So I definitely knew or recognized who you were. Plus I'd gone to school in the South. So I probably was looking in places that were completely off the southern off, off the off so just, the New York City path. So just to give every our audience a background as to how we found Catherine and then we can dig into Catherine's story. Um we live in Fairhaven, New Jersey for those that don't know, which is a small town in Monmouth County, about an hour south of New York City, and our booster club posted a image a few months ago on their social media and sent out an email asking us to buy these Fairhaven masks for back to school. And we obviously all as parents here were starting to think about having to go back to school and hoping that we'd go back to school. And, you know, as Marissa said before we came on camera, you know, really having difficulty swallowing the fact that our kid was going to have to go back to school in a mask. And maybe that was an anxiety trigger for us. And I was in denial at the beginning when friends of mine were buying masks. I was like, I'm not buying those for my kid until they like, I know they have to wear one and look at where we are now. So I see this image and I'm like, these are cool. Like actually like no offense to the booster club, all their stuff's cool. But I'm like, this is like cute. Like I'm going to buy one for Sam and one for Elliot, my two boys. Um, I got a gator for Sam and a mask for Elliot. And this is obviously an example. We both were wearing them earlier and I saw it. I'm like, that's really cute. And we ordered them. And then when they posted that they were in stock, they like came in and we were like going to go pick them up. They tagged the brand. So typical me, I'm like trolling at 648 a.m. or whatever I'm doing. And I'm like looking and I'm like, what's James and Hudson? I'm like, this is cute because typically our booster club, which I love about them. And also I'm on what the PTA. What have sourced it locally? Yeah, like local, yeah. like a, a small brand, maybe based in Red Bank. That's or like a screen so- printer. Which, I mean, there's no harm in that either. Um, I was like, what's this? And I find myself rabbit holing on Catherine's multiple pages at like now it's 6.51 a.m. I'm like, who is this woman? I'm like, I need to interview her. Um, so I reached and out to the funny Catherine is without talking about it, I had already done that when I, ordered, <laughs> when I ordered the Gators. And it went into like the gray space of like the tab that I should go back to or tell Jamie about. And I forgot. But, so so luckily, she was stalking you. So here we are. I found you and um, would love to hear from you. I I love it. Um, So tell us a little bit. Our favorite first question is to ask, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up, because I'm guessing it's not making masks during a pandemic. So I'd love to hear. But typically, as we always say, something about what you wanted to do likely correlates in some way to what you do now. So I'd love to um, hear from you what it is that you wanted to be when you were your first dream job. Well, so when I was six years old, and I remember this, my mother does not, but um, I remember this. When I was six years old, I was watching Cinderella, 
mm-hmm. when the mice were making the dress and whatnot, no I turned way. to my mom and I said, I want, that's what I want to be when I grow up. And my <gasps> mom said to me, oh, that's nice. And I remember it. You like know, you want to be a fairy godmother? Well, yeah, I would love to be a fairy godmother or have you a do fairy the mice. She wanted to be the mouse. I wanted I know, to be a mouse. I know, I know. Um, but I wanted to, I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to design clothes. And I was, um, I sketched, I, my favorite place was to go to the fabric store with my mom or my grandmother. Um, you know, I have very fond memories of my grandmother teaching me how to sew and making different dresses and making dresses for dances and dev events and you know, whatnot. Um, so it was not, um, I, and actually I wanted to go to, I s- always had this in my head that I wanted to be a fashion designer. And, you know, it was one of those things where I had a very traditional father and he wanted me to be in business, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Now I've run my own business. And um, yeah, so I, I knew from an early age that that's what I wanted to do. It took me a little while to get there, but I, I got there. So I usually ask, especially since you live where you live, are you from South Carolina originally? So I am from Charlotte originally, Charlotte, North North Carolina, which is a different state. Everybody, sometimes it gets confused a little bit, but um, I'm I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, I have my roundabout, we've talked about this offline. I have my roundabout universe ways on how I got to Charleston. I was actually supposed to move to, um, to New York a couple of different times and it didn't happen. Um, which, you know, was meant to be. So I ended up in Charleston in 2002, I believe. Yeah, 2002 is when I moved to Charleston. So now two two questions that I think are interesting. One, what was your very first job? My For a very- girl who only wanted to sketch, what was mm-hmm. your very first job? So besides babysitting, because as soon as I was... Um, responsible enough to take care of another human. I was babysitting to make money. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to make money. Um, I worked at the gap. So the gap was my first job. And um, we just had this, we just had this last week with Lee, with our other guests. I I swear we have all these guests. We have gap expats. Yeah. Like that was the first job. You You learn how to fold. You learn how to use a register. Yes, you learn. And you know what? I really believe I've worked at The Gap. And then I also worked, I was a um, a snack bar girl at one of the country clubs in Charlotte. And pretty much simultaneously at the same time, the same summer. And I really believe that every person in their life needs to work in retail at least once and yeah, needs to work in a restaurant at least once. And it will give you a, you know, a perspective on how to treat people and how you want to be treated that will never leave. I yep. and I have one, we've said, I mean, honestly, if we have listeners that listen to our podcast all the time, there'd be a crowd out there other than Damien and myself that says, oh my God, that's what they say all the time. So, you know, I, I think if we were to create a new college curriculum in business, it would be like to intern at working in retail, to intern working in hospitality. And frankly, to take several hours in a classroom because it's those yep. three things that make up our society. And while the rest of us are behind these screens and or desks, if you have skill sets from those positions, you're that much more equipped to communicate mm-hmm. and think and be kind to others. 
and also know who you don't want to be. Exactly. (laughs) And people take it off their resume and we're like, no, no, like keep that on because that's a talking I always look, you know, it's interesting when we're hiring people, we look for people that have been, um, we look for team sports in high yep. school. I think that's a big one too, is, um, is that's loyalty, dedication and time management and the ability 100%. to show up 100% mm-hmm. and, um, retail experience and restaurant experience. Like, I think that that's like what you said, it's just super important to have those in life. I mean, you might think those aren't the most glamorous jobs, but you also I, I, don't know who you're going to meet when you're no. working. And it's, you know, we all know that life is about who your connections and who you land into in in your web, so to speak. Um, And then my other major question for a person that is from, um, and I don't have your LinkedIn profile in front of me, so I'm not, I'm not cheating. Um, (laughs) That's really good because I haven't updated it in a long time. Okay. So I I won't show, I won't say it again. So where, where did you go to college? So I went to um, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So okay. um, it's not a bad, it's not a bad school, everyone. I've no, heard no, of it. I've heard you of know, it. it's um, what's interesting is going back. I was, I'm a very stubborn person. Anybody that knows me knows I'm stubborn. And my dad told me that if I get into Carolina, that's where I'm going to school. Well, I wanted to go to a smaller like, school. You wanted to go to like Savannah. Or- I wanted to go. I actually wanted to go to Swanee, which is a small school in uh, Tennessee. After he sure. told me there was no way I was going to art school. Like he was like, I'm not paying for art school. And which is, you know, I love my dad to death and he, and he knows, you know, your parents know. So anyways, I, um, I didn't necessarily want to go to Chapel Hill, but I'm very glad that I did. And I'm very happy of the people that I met and, um, the doors that it opened, you know, did they have a fashion program at all there? No, they don't have, um, they, they might now, but when I was, so I was an English and, um, psychology double major. And so that's I'd, the argument you won with your dad is what you're saying. Yes. I was you're like, I'm going to go to Chapel Hill, but I'm going to major in English. My dad was like, he wanted me to major in business. And I was like, no, I'm going to do psychology. And, um, he was like, please take business classes. And, you know, I mean, you should always listen to your parents because I would have done well taking a business class. I've never had a business class in my life. So, um, kind of just self-taught, but my senior year, I dropped my English major and took art classes, which is, um, to kind of get a little fix of some studio art and painting and whatnot. Okay. So you did a little bit of that. And so then what was your first kind of industry job then after that? So my first, well, so what I did after college, I, um, I went to design school in Atlanta and, um, I was going to say, did you end up going to Savannah? Did you go to Atlanta? Like, how did you do it? You can't can't make a wedding dress unless someone teaches you how to do that. Well, I was definitely a lot self-taught, but I, I did, I went to Atlanta and, um, I, paid for school myself, which was, you know, a shock because I was very fortunate that my parents paid for college for me. But after college, my dad, you know, I was cut off the day I graduated, which was the best thing that he could have done for me. And I went to Atlanta and went to um, art school for, uh, I think, just a semester. And I loved it. Never skipped a class, which was uh, the first time in my life, my college career, that I actually went to all my classes and actually studied and did really well. But um, I ended up leaving art school because it was quite a shock to be paying for school and, you know, my living expenses and whatnot on my own. And I went back to Charlotte and um, my first job was at a merchandising company. 
Oh, and yeah, which was interesting. It was um, it was a, a small, small company. I was, uh, I think, the fifth employee when um, they Be, hired. What, based in Charlotte? It was based in Charlotte. So was it, it was, regional, regional merchandising for the was, Southeast? It was national in um, our clients were uh, like Target, CVS, Rite Aid, um, Kroger, Fred Meyer. And what it was, was this is, I'm really so retail, retail merchandising. It was retail. So you helped educate. Like if I wanted to get product on the shelf, exactly. that's actually my Jamie's father-in-law does something like that. Oh yeah. So yeah. In, in today myself, it was for uh, prepaid phone cards. So, you know, way back when, when you could buy prepaid phone cards, um, that's what it was for. And I managed all these projects and had, you know, had all these people across the country and it was a great, it was a great job. It was not necessarily the sub subject matter wasn't anything I was necessarily interested in, but I, um, you know, I met a lot of nice people and met a lot of people across the, the country, which was, and you learned about retail distribution and product it is in, it is incredible. The amount of stuff you learn in your first few jobs. Yes. You have, it's, it's as if you're doing college all over again. You just don't even recognize it. No. Um, and you, you're like a sponge. Like you yes. just soak up all this information. And um, yeah, I mean, I actually, I wrote a note to uh, my boss from that job, the owner of the company about a year and a half ago. And I told him, I was like, a lot of what I know now is because of that job. And it, How yeah. fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, and so for, you to, for you to, for you to, what you, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's so interesting that, um, you know, I often talk about how like, there's so many things you learn at those first jobs you don't realize are like fundamental skill sets that you will le- like literally have forever. So you, you mean, mean like not-, not interrupting people and just letting the other people speak? It's like a that's, fundamental that's lesson. You guys are sisters. You can do whatever you want. I'm oh, sorry, no, that's a dig at something else. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That was a dig at being we sisters. And, no, I, I, don't, well, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Um, I do think, I do want to say though that, you know, you didn't go to business school, but we, you know, we like to point out that sometimes those first few jobs are all the school you need, um, which is hard for a young person to understand. I think also, um, I, I wish I'd gone to business school. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, and I wish I'd gone to design school. I wish I had a four-year design degree. Um, it would have helped me, but I'm also the type of person that I think I was naive and I wanted to figure it out. And so I just did it and figured it out. And I think yeah. sometimes when you, I did not know what I was getting myself into. And sometimes I think would I do it all again if I did know what I was getting myself into? I don't know if I would have, right. you know, because I didn't know what to be scared about or be hesitant about. And I mean, I didn't know how hard it was going to be to like have a company that was not based in New York City. You know, I just did it. Like for us, that we just. How often did you have to come up to New York? So I used to be in New York, uh, gosh, at least four or five times a year. So um, I've been to New York more than any other place in the world, which I love New York. So it's, um, you know, it's funny. It's a it's a great place. And I've almost moved there twice, which um, I'm not sure how well I would have done actually living there, but I do like to visit. You and feel was, like the type of person that would stay in relatively the same place each time because I feel like you would like know the people and like like the people and like the fact that you have like the relationship there. Am I correct? 
That's I'm a creature of habit. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, is it is the place that the hotel that you would stay in regularly still there? I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of times you stayed with friends. No, we say I used to. You know, early on, I had a lot of friends that lived in New York. So yes, I would stay um, with friends, and then later on, you know, I have a coworker who is like my right hand, and usually she's the one that makes all of our travel arrangements, and it's usually either trying to get the best deal off of Priceline or or whatnot. <laughs> but um, we usually try to stay in the same areas over and over again and we definitely have the same restaurants we like to go to and her not as much as me because I'm always like let's go back to Frank or let's do this yeah. or whatnot and and she's like no let's try something else and I've Frank I had like, a good dinner yeah I like that was yummy meal yeah I like to go back to the yummy meal um so walk us through a little bit then you know how you ended up going from bridal design obviously we are in a moment you know and I feel so bad for so many groups of people right now obviously you name it and there's somebody that's struggling, right? In this particular pandemic, I feel for people that have a senior in college. I feel for the seniors in high school. I feel for the kindergartner. I feel for the single parent. I, I mean, I literally every day I find myself because I consider myself to be an empath, like thinking about other people's issues right now and how hard it is for everyone. Um, but I do think that, you know, obviously you're here, you are in a position where no one's going to have a wedding in a particular spot at that t- particular time. So like now they are thankfully. Um, but there was a moment there where everyone's like canceling their weddings or postponing their weddings. And, you know, how do you go from, you were saying like, I'm not going to make masks like I'm a bridal designer. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened? What was your aha moment? How did you get here? Um, you know, I think that it was a little bit of a uh, survival Uh, I have a very loyal team of women that work with me that have worked with me for years. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like 10 years, we're talking not just a few years, like a lot of years. And, you know, it it was, it was a little scary. Sales were, um, you know, because our factory shut down too. That was another thing that was kind of crazy is that um, our factories in New York and LA shut down because of of COVID, because of cases of COVID or, or whatnot. So really, when this all started, um, one of the things we wanted to do was give back. And I think, you know, at the beginning of COVID, there was such a shortage of uh, PPE. And I knew that I had um, local seamstresses here in Charleston. You know, I was like, I know that I can make a mask like this. We can do this like this. And we had extra fabric and we had people that we knew could um could actually make them. And then I had lots of friends in the healthcare industry that, you know, needed this, these things. So that's really where it kind of started. And we really just were trying to give back. And um, also I do look at it as a blessing. I, um, I really try not to focus on things I cannot control and Mm -hmm. I try to focus on things I can control. And so it was a nice deterrent and distraction to be able to be working on masks and um, donating masks and giving them to people that need it, need them and whatnot. And just to take our minds off of what the chaos that was going on. Um, I think I'm trying to remember, I believe I got approached by somebody that asked me, can you do um, custom printed things? And I knew of a company in, um, another South Carolina company that could uh, sublimation print. So kind of one thing led to another and it was just um, 
survival, you know, just trying to bring in some sort of sales to offset the ones that weren't coming in from the traditional channels that we're used to. And I just wanted to make sure that my girls had something, you know, to do and that they were getting paid and, um, you know, that we weren't going to, I wasn't, we weren't going to go under like, that's the, I was like, we've just got to figure out a way to make this work. So we kind of, you know, so tell us this. I love that. And so tell us, obviously we've seen so many companies like do that in some capacity. I love, so walk us through quickly how you went from, you know, so you didn't make the masks under the, the brands that you were already kind of running. You decided to make a separate entity named after your boys. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, I think that I um, I just wanted to separate it. Um, I don't know what it is. I kind of like to have, um, I like chaos. And like so, to just 17 um, Instagram handles versus Yeah, I mean, one. like, like why not like start another company? I mean, I don't know. Right. You know, um, <laughs> I do think that I, I'm definitely the vision and the idea person. So I'm always like, let's do this, let's do that. But I did want to. And then your something. girls are like, "But wait, like we yeah, can't know." I know. I mean, really, sometimes you have to reel me in. Like sometimes my ideas get a little crazy. But I think uh, when I knew that I wanted to focus towards schools and whatnot, um, I just I wanted to separate it from the bridal gowns and from the bridesmaids, and I just wanted to do something. Um, I thought I knew my boys would think I was super cool if I named a company after them. So I got some street cred with them. And um, yeah, I just wanted to keep it separate because I knew that also it wasn't going to be something that, I mean, well, I do think masks are going to be around for a while, but are they going to be around forever? No, I don't think, I don't think so. You know, so I just wanted yeah, to I think We talked about this a little bit before we started, but you know, masks have now become fashion, right? We, we think about them. We, you know, we went from seeing them as a trigger word to matching them to our outfits. Right. And right. it just, kind of quickly happened overnight now we have the mask chains that connect the masks so that we don't have to lose them because it's fashion is an art fashion is an mm-hmm. art a therapy mm-hmm. and for what it's worth our industry is hurting terribly and has been for a very long time but it is a way to express oneself and it is a function of healing so when you know when i think back i said that offline with the trigger not masks in general was the was like when I saw masks, it was the equivalent of the anxiety like wall. Like I like hit it when I saw it. And I remember I ordered I ordered an expensive one at like two in the morning. And I was like, what am I doing? But it was like tie-dyed and like matched a legging capsule that I was like into from like one of the athleisure brands that I like. And my my best friend was like, oh my God, I can't I I, I bought the same one, but I can't talk about it. So anyway, sure enough, that's still one of my favorite masks. But the point is now, yes, like yesterday, my daughter, I don't know if this, listen, this is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's, if, uh, this is not an emotional thing. The sentence is, if there's anything amazingly beautiful about hum- humanity is the ability that we can heal and that time does soften everything. And also it speaks volumes to the industry that we work in about trend and a real true mood board, right? So my daughter's like, oh, I don't want to wear this mask. It doesn't match my outfit. And, you know, there's something very dead inside and also amazing, right? About the fact that something that would have been scary is now looked at in a normalizing way. And we all remember what the ads looked like at the beginning. 
remember when you saw the social media with people in the mask and I think about how your brain is now where you're like, I mean, I've seen the mean the Holderness family has done an entire thing about how she has like literally every single mask, like every day she gets another Etsy order from a mask. Anyway, I digress. But Catherine, first of all, I want to be best friends with you. Can we start that now? Um, 100%. Secondly, um, I think there's also something to say about the James and Hudson brand that I think is important. Having having gone to school in the South and having, um, uh, and also Jamie going to a big 10 school, there is, there is a huge business. I'm just saying there's a huge business in customized school, mm-hmm. um, merch, right? Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. more now than there ever mm-hmm. was is the right term. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and not for nothing, perhaps James and Hudson will end up being, an arm for you that won't just be masks because if people know you as somebody in your customer service and obviously your girls who are you women, I should call them women, um, who've been with you for 10 years, if, you, if they're the ones handling your that account, they may want to come to you for things that are not mask related come when we're all well and healthy again. I, I will say that's, that's not a bad thing. No, I do want to just quickly shout out the fabric. So I wanted, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about this. Um, and how you decided what you were doing. There's a couple things on these that I wanted to point out. One, it has the bendable, adjustable nose thing, which my son wears glasses. So this has been something very challenging for him with the fog. Mm -hmm. And he finds that this actually really helps him with the fog because it gets closer to his nose. Um, The gators, his actual preference, I'm not just saying this to like butter you up today, he, we were leaving and I'm like, you know, now at this point he has like 17 masks in his bag and he's like, one's in the car. And I'm like, take a mask. Um, He prefers the gator because it's breathable for the four hours they're sitting there. Um, It has the double layered fabric inside where there's like a flap inside the gator. Marissa, I don't know if you can show it. That kind of like protects your mouth. And I don't want anyone to see my lipstick all over hers. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided how to make these? Like what, like what you decide, how you went. This is the the flap that is supposed to be on the inside on the, on the cover of the child. It's like another layer there. So so the flap is so um, you have three layers of fabric protecting like over the nose and the mouth. And then you can also, it's, you know, it's designed if you want to put a filter in, you can put a filter in there mm-hmm. um, to add even more protection. Same yeah. with the mask. They have three layers and then um, a like a pocket to put a filter in if you want to put a filter in. I didn't even so, see that before. So here's the filter. Part yeah, the gator. You, can, you can slide a filter in. Um, I prefer the gators because I think that it's easier when I'm out walking around just to just pull it down, pull it up. Pull it up. Yeah, it depends. Some school systems actually, our school system, you're not allowed to wear gaiters. Um, some school systems you can wear gaiters. So, but the fabric is, um, it's a UPF 50 antimicrobial sun shield fabric. And originally it is made for people who fish. And it wasn't necessarily that I sought out this fabric. I feel like the fabric found me kind of thing. Um, it was a company that I knew that could do the the printing and the sublimation printing. And that's what they were using. And it, it was kind of one of those things to where it worked out great because the fabric is extremely soft. And I feel like that's the first thing anybody mm-hmm. says about um, the mask to me is they're like, oh my gosh, this is so soft. And mm-hmm. it is, it's very soft. It's very breathable. And it's, um, it's that way because it's actually made for, for fly fishing or, you know, 
uh, offshore fishing or, you know, anybody that's out in the sun a lot. So I think just that was one of those universe things that being on the coast and knowing this company, it wasn't anything that I necessarily would have sought out. It just happened. So, um, but the fabric's great. I think the fabrics, um, I mean, I'm partial to the fabric, obviously, because that's what I use. But I do think that it's a higher quality. Um, well, I know it's a higher quality than just a normal cotton fabric that a lot of masks are are made out of. Made out of. So, and how are you balancing now? I mean, obviously, first of all, fabric sourcing. It seems to me you you, you support local business and you also produce things domestically, even in in um, in other times. How are you managing your day to day now, balancing James and Hudson business versus the other two brands? So I will tell you, um, it all goes back to my team. My I have a fantastic uh, team, and I could not do this without my team. I am anybody that knows me well knows I, I'm a little scattered. I have some ADD in me. I'm, you know, a little flighty. Um, I think, by the way, throughout this conversation, she's described herself as both Marissa and Jamie. Like during this, <laughs> yeah. Like Marissa, when you were talking about your ideas being a little out there, I'm like, well, I could think of somebody that's like that. And then she like expects us to execute it. And then now you're describing me yeah. like a little ADD, a little all over the place. Like I mean, I'm, definitely I'm always, my team. I always have 15 things going on at one time, but I really honestly have the best team in the, in, in my industry, I think. And I mean, granted, we're all, you know, best friends and we have been, and we um, have each other's back. And if I were not for my team, none of my companies would exist because I am I am the idea person, but I am not the execution person. So I have um, it's all the women behind me that that I have to thank for that. So well, I'm glad we're doing this interview so that they can hear you say that. I'm sure you do yeah. say it, but it's nice to hear it. They know, I, try to, I try to thank them as much as possible. They know those girls have those girls have picked me off the floor. Before. Did you have to ramp up hiring, which, by the way, is I did just hire a new girl. We've had some like, um, we've had some changes because of COVID. Um, You know, I have uh, one of my long-term team members, she's cut back her hours some because her kids are at home and, you know, Mm -hmm. we're dealing with things like that, but we're all making it work and making adjustments and and whatnot. And are you going into an office or are you guys all virtual at this point? I'm sorry, you all. We, so you'll be saying, you'll be saying. I forgot my audience. Um, we still go in the office. We're pretty, we're, we're pretty careful though. I mean, you know, we have strict social distancing measures in place and, um, you know, I just was, you know, tested for COVID. So I'm not wearing a mask this week, but a lot of times we are wearing masks and, um, we're just careful and, you know, we all work from home. It's kind of, we have a, we, uh, there's a cutting room, there's an office, we all have laptops so we can work from home. Um, I'm a big believer in letting people work the way that they work best. Um, for me, I cannot work in an office on a, a daily basis like that. I can't work in one place. I have to just be kind of all over the place like my, mm-hmm. my brain is. Um, and, my, and the girls, that, um, women, that I don't like to say women. I don't like to feel like I'm as, you know, I like to keep myself young. But um, they're, they work all over the place as well. So. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so obviously, you know, often in these conversations, you know, even prior, you didn't say this to us, but I can say that a lot of our guests will say like, you know, you sure you think my my story is interesting enough? Like, am I going to be inspirational to others? And, and you know, I, I think what you've done, um, I know I speak on behalf of my sister and myself that, you know, what you're doing 
for the world, right? Our kids and also your staff is very inspirational. Whether or not you see it every day or not, that's why we chose for you to be on here because I think, you know, the matter of having to wear a mask, um, which is for better or worse, a mandate in many places, you might as well have a cool one, especially for our kids to wear spirited ones are so fun for them, right? My kid is wearing head to toe Michigan because of me. And normalizing. Normalizing. And normalizing the fact that they have to wear it and making it cool. And they all have one. It's like, did you get one from the booster club? And it became like a thing, you know? Um, And, you know, I think that's a really commendable thing that you've been able to do for our community and for your staff. Um, So I'd love to hear from you, um, you know, what keeps you inspired? You know, what, what are you looking to for inspiration? What keeps you going every day besides your 17 tabs that are open like mine, but, um, and just having to get it done because you have no other options, but what, you know, what is keeping you inspired every day? Why keep going? Um, you know, that's gosh, kind of a loaded question. Um, it is, it is no pressure. No, no pressure, no pressure at all. (laughs) You know, I, I feel like, um, I have not necessarily always had the easiest of um, lives. Um, I've had things in my life that were out of my control that I could not, um, that I just ended up having to accept and um, um, make it through. Now I feel like um, I wake up almost every day being thankful that I'm here. I know that it's, kind of cliche as that sounds, um, there was times in my life where I didn't think, I I didn't know if I was going to be here. I didn't know if I was going to make it to this point. Um, So I really, you know, I think that just being able to wake up every day and do something that I love and be surrounded by people that I love and that they love me and having my boys and um, honestly, just still being here is um, Mm kind of what inspires me you know, and keeps me going and kind of keeps me in perspective. Like, um, you know, I, I don't stress as much as I used to. I really try to focus on the things that I can control and not the things that I can't control. And, um, you know, accept that I'm responsible for my joy, not anybody else's. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that my kids probably like most moms, my kids are the ones that keep me going and they're the ones that mm-hmm. I want to wring their necks sometimes. And then other times I want to, you know, give them the biggest hug. So, um, same. And I have two boys myself, so I get it. Yeah. Um, exactly. that's a beautiful sentiment and it's true. And there there's, I mean, yes, it was a loaded question, but there's not much more to it. I mean, staying inspired to just keep up, keep getting up and doing something every day that inspires you, that you love is so important, right? So with that, do you have any advice for like other, you know, either struggling business owners or people looking for work or what are your words of wisdom right now? I mean, obviously, you know, here you are in the middle of a pandemic, creating another new brand, running a third business, which in and of itself is inspirational to us as people who work in the fashion and staffing business. But tell us, you know, any words of wisdom that you have for others about this time, what you could be continuing to go do, um, any kind of nuggets of wisdom that you could share with our audience would be awesome. I mean, I think, um, I think one of the biggest things to do right now is to focus on yourself. Like, I know that that is kind of um, cliche and maybe I don't necessarily remember as much of, you know, focus on self, self-care, yourself, whatnot, as I have in the last few years, which. I think is, is, you know, fantastic 
but just to focus on things you can control. Um, Mm -hmm. We can't control the pandemic. I can't control a vaccine. I can't control whether my kids go to school. Um, There's a number of things in life right now that I cannot control. So I try to keep them all at a distance. I don't watch the news. I very rarely read the news. Um, I try to stay off social media as much as I can. I really um, focus, try to focus on what keeping myself happy And I think that's what I, you know, would tell anybody else is that, yes, there are so many things going on that um, are awful, wildfires that are awful, you know, people dying of COVID that are awful, Um, politics that is a crazy circus right now. Um, I try to focus on my my inner self and my um, what's around me and what makes me happy and keeping my children happy and, you know, focus on what I can actually touch and control and, you know, not. I think think you hit the nail on the head there, not to interrupt you. I say that all the time. In fact, you know, it's one of my many mantras, which is focus on the things that you can control because the stuff you can't will just fall into place. And I think that that's a really important way to live your life right now, but you also are doing something just to point out and not to downplay that, yes, you're focused on your inner circle and your own inner joy and your people and keeping yourself you know, positive and the people around you positive, but you also made a conscious choice to give back and figure out a way to create something with your skills that is bettering others. So even though you're siloed thinking, you still are a broad thinker in trying to help others, which I think is very commendable. Um, But I'd say that within that, it sounds like you have a couple of mantras that you say to yourself. I mean, Marissa and I talk about mantras often, you know, Focus on the things you can control, obviously, can be a mantra. But is there any other mantras that you say to yourself or to your team? You know, I think the the biggest one that I have um, lived by for 20 years is um, if you have a dream and determination, anything is possible. And I... One of the first times, yeah, on your one of the first times that I was interviewed. I mean, it's the name of our business, so we get it. it. (laughs) You know, it's like it's one of those things. If you have the determination, and I tell my kids this, I was like, it does not matter how smart you are, it matters how hard you work. And um, you know, I when I started all of this, you know, many, many, many moons ago, I had no idea what I was doing. I still probably don't feel like I know what I'm doing, but I guess I know what I'm doing a little bit. You know, it was all determination. And I think with anything in life, like if you want something, go for it, you know, go after it. And it's, um, you know, it, it rings true with any, with anything, with any aspect, you know, and um, I think that it's, I was just a girl that literally had a dream at $300 in my bank account. And somehow I created a clothing company from Charleston, South Carolina. Like I, it's... <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I don't know. And you know what? It's funny because up until about three years ago, our vendors in New York would always ask us where Charleston, South Carolina is. You know, I mean, it's like no one knew where we were basically in the fashion world. You didn't have much respect whatsoever. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, the determination, I didn't quit. And I think that's what, you know, anybody listening or, you know, that wants to do something, do it, you know, and anybody can do anything that they want to do. And now, and now there are a lot of people trying to invest time and energy into, into exactly that. 
You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the silver linings or the lemonade of this time is that people have had to go deep inside and figure out what else they could do or mm -hmm. what can they do to contribute and or what would they like to do instead, right? right? Which right. is actually the biggest blessing of all. You know, I was listening to you um, and your sentiment before about inspiring others um, and, and, and dreaming big and, of course, controlling what you can control. And I, I think... Um, I, I, I'm so sentimentally connected to all of your word choice, because the truth is, is like, you know, everyone's supposed to do the best they can. And every, that's, I think that, that if we just do the best we can, right. And what's the definition of what we can't. So in, in my world, it's this, it's talking to others, it's inspiring others, it's engaging others, you know, and the people that are doing, you know, I think this is going to sound really funny. The people that are doing the science, they do the best they can because right. that's what they're supposed to do. That was right. their interest. They weren't sketching clothes. They're not going to try to do what you are doing. We all can contribute to healing our, our society by doing what we do best. So I'm with you. I get my news from Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how I take news in because I can't, I can't. And, and, and that does not, by the way, make us bad people. It no. means that we're trying to do the best we can with what we are able to do with our own emotion, our own brains, right. our own sensitivities and our own day-to-day. -day. You know, and at the end of the day, you're making masks for people. I'm wearing one. I live in New Jersey and you're in Charleston, South Carolina, which by the way, it's probably a little longer than three years that people knew were Charleston. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit, but when I started- I so, was, Someone got smart, went on a bachelorette there a while ago and they're like, oh, Charleston's a cool this city. Is a fun city. Yeah. And I think, by the way, I will say this. I, I think that, you know, we often like to remind people to remember this about your own self, right? And this is what I would say to you, Catherine, to our audience. We are all put on this earth to do something, right? And so if during this time, nothing else, you've gotten nothing else out of it. It's figuring out what you were put on this earth to do. And Marissa and I have figured out, thankfully, before this, but now even more so, we were put on this planet to connect and inspire others. That is who we are. And what we are doing with this podcast is doing that, just that. And the fact that you are a believer in the universe and believed that we randomly tripped over you and it turns out your friend is friends with the girl that made the mask, that's not coincidence. And we no, believe in all of that. It's definitely a path. And we were led to you and this conversation. And if nothing else, that in and of itself should be inspirational to others to hear. Um, and to know that you just never know who you'll meet what right. conversation will open your eyes to something. And hopefully through this conversation, somebody listening thinks, you know what, that's a good idea. I'm going to not do whatever I was doing and I'm going to create this, or I'm going to reach out to the, to the company down the road that I know could do this for me. And we're going to do this together and start a new partnership, start a new path. And if nothing else, it's just feeling that invigoration that comes from a conversation like this, even if nothing comes out of it right away. So, right. I know one of our one of our dream ambassadors is um, a young woman who came to New York. Um, I'm thinking of I'm, I'm shouting you out, Grace. Um, and she came to New York wanting to be a fashion designer. She comes from a small town. She went to a small school um, and she's been doing incredible work for Choice, which is our, our parent company and not working in fashion at all, which is a, a whole other thing. She just had to do what she had to do, which frankly, maybe the biggest and, and best lesson that she learns in life 
right? As all of us are older and wiser than her. Um, and she's been making masks too. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure she'll find um, your storyline extremely um, uh, inspirational and empowering. And I think I, I want to know, is there anything that we have, we sometimes will want to just double back and say, is there anything that we should have asked you and we didn't? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I have no idea. I think one of my, my favorite questions as opposed to putting that on, on the spot, think about it. If there's anything you wanted to say about any of your brands, any brands professionally. Up, yeah. Um, think about that. But in the meantime, also another question to add, which we talked about your mantra. Um, we also believe everyone has a superpower. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, do you believe that you have a superpower? And if so, what is it? So I do believe that I have a superpower, you know, as all moms, yes, I feel like, yes. Um, you know what? I am usually one, I'd say 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I'm extremely calm. Sometimes mm -hmm. to an extent, like sometimes to a fault, but I do believe that that's one of the things, um, in business, and in relationships and whatnot, I'm a calm person. I think that's why my team has probably stuck around me as long as they have, um, is that I don't get overly upset about things. I don't get overly um, emotional about things and whatnot. Can I ask and you a question? My sister, is normally, my sister is normally this person, but you've now said no. you're stubborn, you're calm, and you're a creature of habit. Are you by chance a Taurus? No, that's funny. I'm going to, uh, I was going to say, she's describing my husband. Hold yeah. on a minute. Hold on a minute. You heard it here first. I know, so, so here's what happened. I would have pegged you for a water sign the way you're speaking. Okay. Until you said the comp, because the that is not water. Um, no. Because we are all hot mess express. We are, we are both so, water and we are hot mess express crying now, on a regular. Not Ruby yeah. years, Catherine. This is this is really important information for the world to know. Ruby years, Jamie's picking up my 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 crumbs here. I have become because I looked at resumes for so long, somewhat um, like a side hobby, picking out people's astrology just by the way they spoke to me in an interview. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know nothing about astrology other than the top line stuff. I just was fascinated. I'm fascinated by people. Um, I am more fascinated by people than I like people, which is not something we should say on air, but it's okay. I like people just not really in my life. I mean, I do, you know what I mean? I'm not I get sure. it. Anyway, point is I'm sitting here listening to you. And I said to myself, this woman is a water sign. I'm about to ask her. And then and the second you said calm, I said, nope. I'm like, this is one of those ones that puzzle me. And the only ones that puzzle me that I always, always mess up are Aquarians. So are you an Aquarian? Yes. She is. She just said it. I can, do, it. I can do no wrong today. I can that do no is, wrong today. She said it already. She already I could said not, she was an Aquarian. By the way, I could not hear you. So I'm I I'm live on Zoom. And I, I, didn't I am an Aquarius. I am feisty. I have a a sailor's mouth. Uh, I mean, it, yes, I'm an Aquarius. Um, well, it's funny because I thought you were a Taurus because you were describing my calm creature of habit, yeah. stubborn husband, um, who I just texted to make sure he can go pick up my son. Okay. Because <laughs> it ends at 1050, which is a really long morning. Um, 830 to 1050 really flies by. Um, so to wrap, we always like to ask a fun question before COVID. Our questions were about travel and like food you ate and fun things that just got to know you a little better. And we found obviously that those answers had become funnier and funnier that 
you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? And people are like, Target. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anywhere but my room. Um, yeah. So we like to focus more so on, in, during these interviews on your brand crush, which is a, a project that I work with young students on often about, you know, if you're trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up or what you want to do, you know, really identifying the, the brands that you crush on, why you crush on them, what are they doing, where are they located? And then that obviously, um, kind of snowballs into their job search process. But we like to ask our guests about brands they crush on just because you are a brand that we were crushing on, which is why we wanted to interview you. Is there anybody out there that you want to shout out um, that you think is just doing an awesome job right now in life, in general, in COVID, um, or that's pivoted in some way, even if it's local to you? Because, you know, obviously... Yeah, I have a friend who just started this. Um, well, she started maybe six or seven months ago, a website called Mimi Seabrook. It's M I M I S E A B R O O K. That's and okay. the reason that she is so inspiring to me is that she last year, last November, she asked me to go to um, this conference with her, and I wish I could remember um, who it was, but I I can't right now. And she was like, I'm going to start this, um, this website. And it's like an online shopping website, whatnot. And my friend, her name is Giles Bennett. And she'll probably kill me for saying all this. But I have watched her for the last seven, eight months go so gung-ho 100% into this business that she is doing and has done such a fabulous job of just marketing herself and um, really going for it and going after it. And, you know, it's been very impressive to watch. And she has learned all the social media things. She's learned how to do all the Instagram, whatnot. And it's been impressive. So Mimi Seabrook, she's my local brand crush, I would have to say, just because I'm just, I'm impressed by her determination and, um, I want to see it. Very cute. It's a fashion. So it's a fashion website or she, is it, is it through Instagram that you buy her, her stuff? um, She has a website and through Instagram, you can buy her things. And, you know, she just has affordable um, dresses and fun things for, you know, cute. I'm a woman. Yeah. But she just really, honestly, she has gone for it and she has done it. And, um, for me, it's she's been, only been doing it for a few months and she has over 5,000 followers. Yeah, she's for only um, not even a year because we were at a, this conference November of um, November of last year. So awesome. I just, yeah, I just, it, I, her. I admire her, um, her conviction. Tenacity is a great word yes, for that. I love tenacity, that. 100%. Meanwhile, her, and I'm sorry, I was just looking at her whole page. Her social media presence is really nice. Yeah, she's got a great, and she does yes. all of it. I'm just saying it's age appropriate, you know, for my eyes. Women right. at a certain age, right? No, it's everybody. But I'm I'm looking and I'm seeing that there's a plenty of people that look like they're my uh right. It's my peer, contemporary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you know that's a great. Uh, is there anybody else that you wanted to shout out? I didn't want to cut you off because no, I think like um, Mimi Seabrook's the one that always comes to mind lately. That I just admire her that she's done it. Well, good she for you for shouting out. Pandemic. Well, women supporting other women and friends supporting friends. So that was a great shout out. Well, thank you for being here today, Catherine. Thank we you. find your story so cool and inspiring. <laughs> Our kids you. love your masks. 
Um, and so happy that we tripped into you in that. Yes, six- I love meeting you guys. I feel like we'll be friends for a long time. I so love me, it. I meet you and I want to come visit. Please come visit. Um, I, I Jamie has been on my list for a long time. Me too. I did Jamie's um bachelorette party. It was a choice between Charleston and Savannah, and we and I mean not intentionally, we just chose Savannah. And I don't remember why. I oh I know why. It was because Jamie, it was because Jamie was very a, a very avid food network fan. Um, oh, so you wanted to go see Paula Dean. I wanted to go see Paula Dean. Yes. In 2009. This, this 2008. 2008. It was in 2009. No, 2009, before things got a little sour a with little, Paula Dean. Yeah. I loved her at the time. So we went to her restaurant, which was like part of it all. Yeah. It was like a typical tourist. But it, we also did all the really cool non-touristy stuff. But that was one of the things. Right. That I and wanted since to- then, we've been wanting to get back. And Charleston is like, you know, a great girls trip. But I've been, been great busy. girls trip. So I, I'm now on Mimi Seabrook's um, Instagram and there's a pink yeah, now, by the way, this is cancer event and it's sold here, out. Dear Mimi Seabrook, I am now going to be on your page at 648 AM. Yeah. And you, um, you can go, you can go down the, um, the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you to Hudson for our awesome work stuff. Thank you to Ming at Shared Universe for doing our sound. And thank you to Maris, who does all of our and, social. And just want to thank you to all your brides, to all your brides who have been patient. 100%. We didn't and, even talk about the bridal, but I mean, oh my goodness, these poor girls that have had to plan, replan, postpone. It's been we, we, one of our, one of our, bride. one of our colleagues, someone that works for us for the last few years was slated to get married in, um, a few weeks, October 24th, actually, she's still getting married on October 24th, just going to look a lot differently than she had planned. And, you know, to, to be doing such an incredible um, life event in such a really difficult time is it's, it's no, but you joke. know what I tell my brides, I'm like, focus on the reason that you're getting married. It's not yes. about the party. It's not about the dress. It's not about, you know, the, monogrammed napkins it's about the person that you found that you are in love with and your partner that you found and you know it's we as we all know marriage is not about the wedding day so focus on you know focus on the love between two people and try to forget about the things you can't control you cannot control all the other things so you know Focus on what you know, you're and I really think speaking of lemons, lemonade out of lemons, as we, you know, to wrap, I think is a great way to, to remember, as I was saying earlier, I feel so bad for all these different groups of people, you know, these brides and what they've been able to create now out of the lemons has mm-hmm. been really amazing to watch. You know, I've seen people get married in backyard intimate affairs that they would never have experienced right. or, or maybe even thought they wanted. And now that's all they want. Um, and right. they're like, we'll do a party one day. And then they decide, right. I don't even party um and i'm like you know what these girls are way smarter than us because they probably can buy a house like five or six years before the rest of us exactly um, <laughs> yeah because they didn't blow a load on the wedding. <laughs> blow the whole lot on their party <laughs> yeah exactly um thank you for being here thank you and this was such a pleasure and we will definitely stay in touch with you we're looking and forward Catherine, to it your yeah. grandma would be very proud oh thank you i miss my grandma very much but she would be very she was she was your mother's mom, right? Your mother's mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. She's she keeps um she's my guardian angel. So thank you for saying that. I bet you she knows it. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, on that note, here are the tears every time. Okay. <laughs> we love we love these conversations, especially ending in tears. Thank you for coming, Catherine. And um, Thank thanks you. to our audience for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.